Hey friends, you're listening to Project Me, the podcast. I'm your host, Destiny O'Rourke, college and career coach for Bowling Green High School, where I strive to provide firsthand college and career experiences for you, my students, so that you can be better informed of your post-secondary options and ultimately live a high quality of life. I am thrilled to be joined today by Jace Pinarola, who is the Vice President of Physical Rehabilitation and Occupational Medicine at Med Center Health. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right, so we're gonna jump right in. Can you start by telling us a little bit about what you do and describe your daily tasks? Yeah, certainly. Um, I'm Vice President over uh, Physical Rehabilitation Occupational Medicine and Sports Medicine with Med Center Health, uh, based here out of Bowling Green. Vocationally, by training, uh, I'm a physical therapist. I'm a graduate of the University of Kentucky and also uh, an athletic trainer. Uh, my day in, day out is uh, not as heavily clinically oriented anymore, uh, more administrative. So. I have the pleasure of overseeing physical therapists, occupational therapists, and speech therapists in hospital and outpatient settings. Athletic trainers that are servicing various high schools to include Bowling Green High School. And I get to go out there and help. So that's exciting. I really enjoy that. And then we're also involved with industry, helping them to prevent injuries and to hire the best candidates uh, for the workplace. So that's kind of what my job looks like. It's really fun. So how did you decide to get into this field? It was just really good fortune of uh, having some friends that were a little bit more or a lot more focused than I was. Uh, in high school, uh, I was involved in athletics and academics weren't very important to me at all. And that's a big regret I had. So. Um, that changed my trajectory a little bit, getting around people that uh, where academics were a little bit more important. And I had a friend in high school that I followed to college and uh, he already knew he wanted to pursue physical therapy. And as I got exposed to it and got more involved in the academic side and what it felt like to study and have some success there, it opened that it opened that door for me and I saw it to be just a great career option um, to pursue. Uh, so it was aligning with the right people and uh, kind of being at the right place at the right time, but also just realizing that uh, college is a great thing. You get a redo. Um, so high school is very important. It gives you a foundation, but you know, if you struggle or if you hadn't had the success you hoped for or maybe weren't as focused as you could be, college is a whole do-over where you kind of can create your brand and your academic record to get another chance. What a testament to having good friends. How <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> so you've already alluded to this a bit, but can you tell us about what kind of education and training you had and what you do to continue your learning? Sure. When I went to school uh, a long time ago, I graduated in college in 1990. Um, physical therapy was a bachelor's degree. So actually your jun junior and senior year in that summer, 
you went to physical therapy school. So I got a bachelor's in physical therapy and then went back when the program became a doctoral level program, which all the PT schools are, physical therapy schools are now. I went back and got my doctoral degree. And then I have within my profession some specializations in sports medicine and another one in uh, something called electrophysiologic testing, kind of nerve and muscle testing. What do you love about your career? Oh, boy, that's a great question. Um, it's probably two buckets there. I mean, early in my career, it was more the interaction with people, with patients and their families um, to help get them over physical ailments and, and get them back to work or sport or just whatever it might be as a physical therapist and the ability to work in all different settings. You're not pigeonholed in a lot of the uh, rehab settings, whether it be physical therapy, occupational therapy, or speech therapy, there's a lot of opportunities in hospitals, at people's homes, you know, at the workplace, uh, schools, you name it. So it's, that's really nice because other healthcare professions, you know, when you become a pediatrician, it's really hard after a year or two to say, you know, I don't like this, I'm going to change my specialty. So we're real fortunate in that. So I like that. Then the other bucket later in my career that I like is the ability, hopefully, uh, to mentor uh, younger clinicians, to be more involved in the business or financial side of things, to, to help bring programs to a community uh, that are needed and being aligned with a non-for-profit hospital like Med Center Health. That's so much of their mission. So we're able to do some things maybe that a community needs that I wouldn't have done if I were in private business because maybe it's not as profitable as it needs to be. Um, so I've, I'm so fortunate I have the best of both worlds. How neat. What are some challenges you face in your career and what are some challenges faced by your industry? Sure. I think from a career uh, perspective is um, the rehabs have all pretty much changed or gone in a direction to where they're not bachelor's entry level anymore. They're doctoral level programs. And consequently, you know, that's a lot harder for people to digest anymore financially and the commitment to go to school. Um, so uh, the recruitment side and getting people to pursue those professions uh, is, is a little bit more challenging. Um, within healthcare, it's very dynamic. The rules are changing all the time. You know, if you, if, if you have another business outside of healthcare and the cost to deliver that uh, business increase, you're able to increase the cost of your product to the consumer. Not that that's necessarily your desire, but you can do that. In healthcare, it's much more challenging because we get reimbursed by the government or by insurance companies, and uh, we've got to accept, you know, what they're willing to pay, while our cost to deliver the product, salaries, and maybe our rent, and you know, for medical supplies increase. So it's definitely a little bit more challenging. More challenging, and people's expectations are very high. We're all patients somewhere. And we don't like to wait. We want the best care we can get. And, you know, uh, 
so those are the challenges just to make sure that we're able um, to appreciate the financial side but never losing sight of you know delivering uh, why we got into it in the first place what skills does someone need in order to be successful in your career yeah you know i think that's pretty universal uh in whatever you do i think a passion for it is important um so i think that's one um i think also uh interpersonal skills uh is really important ability to communicate with whatever your product is or what you're delivering with the person on the other side that they see your passion for it and they see your sincerity and wanting you know to deliver whatever product so if you're if you're baking a cake or you own a restaurant that you're trying to put out the best food and that that's important for you if you know if you're making a product in the factory the same and then you know in healthcare obviously to me it should always be a very people oriented uh type of thing um so i think those are really important and i think any more is you know as you pursue those things is no job is is below you is you always want to be there's something i've gotten out of every job i've ever had you know my first job i grew up in new jersey was working on the boardwalk on the ocean in arcade and I learned to be what it meant to be reliable, dependable, to be honest. And that carried over, you know, into whatever career I have. So I think, you know, for me, you know, the Bible says, you know, whatever you do, do it as if you're working for the Lord. And even if you're not a believer, I just think that's a good rule to have is whatever you do, you know, you're, you're being paid and you've taken that job, you do with all you have and you're gonna get something out of that that you can carry over into future careers. And you're creating your picture there for whoever hires you on uh, where you've worked, if you stayed there, if you showed up, if you were reliable and you know, um, that's your narrative, that's your story uh, as, you don't want to have any regrets as you pursue other career options. That is just such great advice. And I think it's really important because our students sometimes feel like when they leave school that they want to just start off in that dream position. And so, you know, there's all these steps it takes and you never know how your career is going to move and bend and shape. And so thank you for sharing that advice. Sure. How do you balance your career and your life? Wow, these are some tough questions, Destiny. Um, well, I've been super duper duper fortunate. I have a wonderful, uh, a wonderful wife, um, and we have four children, and they're all Bowling Green High graduates, uh, and had a great experience there. Um, well, I I just think is you always have to be just always have to be cognizant of just your work and your life uh, balance. And, um, you know, uh, I think it's, it's whatever you do, whether it's, I mean, whether it's work or whether it's a hobby or whatever, I mean, anything could kind of get out of control a little bit. Um, so, you know, you just always have to carve those times out. Um, 
that you're going to preserve for your family or for yourself um, outside of work um, and uh, just have somebody um, if you've got a significant other or a partner or whatever it might be that you know you're real open with and has that same vision as you do so you could share in it. So this next question affects so many of our students and it's just all of us in general. Um, so any advice would be really helpful. How do you overcome self-doubt? Oh, wow. Um, well, I think one thing is to know um, there's nothing wrong with some self-doubt. I mean, sometimes a little bit of anxiety and fear and nervousness, not only is it natural, um, but it humbles you a little bit and better prepares you for the task at hand. I think being prepared uh, is always very important um, because uh, then uh, you deliver, whether it's, you know, whether it's a paper you're writing or, or a talk you're giving or whatever it might be, if you're prepared, then that helps with anxiety and hopefully you have success and then that minimizes self-doubt uh, in the future. I think recognizing, like I said, that those things are common and that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're gonna fail or not be successful. So uh, I think that too. And then for me too is, you know, faith is really important and just realizing, you know, there's something uh, just, my world perspective is that there's something uh, bigger than me. So, you know, I'm just part, I'm just playing a small role in things. So, you know, I'm not so big and haughty that, you know, I have to know everything or I can't fail and those things is good. And, and frankly, I think failure um, happens and um, we shouldn't fear it, you know, is we learn from it and you build upon it and you have success. So I think, um, if you think you're always going to be successful in whatever you do and, and never stumble or make a mistake, then you're setting yourself up for self-doubt and problems. Great advice. What do you still want to accomplish professionally? Hmm. Well, I think I just want to continue within our organization uh, to work with recognizing where our community has needs or there's opportunities and then just be responsive uh, to those. Um, so I'm, I'm really pretty open to whatever that is. I'm in a really good place with a wonderful organization that's very, very community uh, oriented. Um, so uh, I just wanna be, uh, just responsive to things as they come. So there's nothing financially or nothing as far as a title. It's just more to continue to be able to help foster and bring forward programs that are gonna benefit our community. We're nearing the end here. Um, I'm just curious, what do you wish you had known about your career and or life in general when you were in high school? Could you repeat that? I'm sorry. Yeah, sure. Right. What do you wish you had known about your career and or life in general when you were in high school? 
Well, I wish I had listened to probably what every kid out there hears every day that academics are important, that, um, that uh, it doesn't mean I have to be a rocket scientist or I had to get an A on everything or that I wasn't going to struggle in certain areas of my studies, but I should give it all uh, that I had. Frankly, if I put the same effort into my academics that I did into working out and sports and other things, um, I probably would have had a lot more success. So even if you're going, even if you're going to college or if you're going to a vocational school, whatever, um, that time that you invest those efforts you put forward academically uh, are going to help you um, so so you know if you've made the decision I'm not going to college there's still a lot of importance to succeeding and getting everything you can out of uh, your high school experience academically um, and I say that um, that's no fault of any of my teachers or my counselors or my parent or anybody uh, that fell on me. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing is because I was still very fortunate that I was still able to pursue things and uh, to get on a career path that I wanted, but it would have been a lot easier if I had invested more time um, in my academics when I was in high school and especially, you know, a school like Bowling Green High and the Bowling Green Independent School System is they have just such a record of academic excellence. I mean, any kids going there really have an opportunity. I mean, the sky's the limit uh, to pursue wherever their strengths or passions are. So I have one last question here in the main part of our interview. Um, what is a sincere hope you have for high school students in our community? Wow. Um, hmm. Well, I think it would be that they really take advantage of the opportunities they have. They have teachers that have a passion. They have administrators that have a passion and a genuine interest in their success and, and opportunities afforded them. And uh, they reach, they go for it. And they realize that and realize, you know, that window of time, uh, four years goes by quicker than you think. The days are long, but the years are short. Um, so that they really just, they just go for it and, uh, just push themselves maybe farther than they think they can and make sure they surround themselves um, with people that have, that have a like or similar uh, perspective on things because as much as you, you want to think, it's a lot easier to get dragged down and to lift others up. Not that we shouldn't, but uh, you can't help but get a little negative or kind of go go with the crowd a little bit. So, you know, it is important kind of who you surround yourself with. Um, and there's just lots and lots of opportunities out there. This has been such a wonderful conversation. Thank well, same you. Same for me, Destiny. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
Well, students, I will let you know there are incredible opportunities to connect not only with Dr. Pinarola, but also with MedCenter Health. And so definitely check out the show notes and see ways that you can find out more about this career and, and ways that you can explore. Um, if you're all up for it, I've got a lightning round of five questions and I'd sure. love to ask those. Okay. Question number one, what high school do you, did you go to and what was its mascot? Oh, I went to Warren Central High School in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and we, we were in all the dragons. So had a great, great experience there. All right. Question number two, what was your first ever job? Well, yeah, so I grew up uh, to the age of 13 in Toms River, New Jersey. So I grew up on the shore near Seaside Heights. And uh, I worked in arcade on the boardwalk and saved up all my money to get a moped. Yeah, so it was a great, great job. So way back in the day when arcade games, when video games were first coming out, like Space Invaders and Donkey Kong and Centipede uh, and all these games, uh, Galaga, is uh, I worked on the arcade and I would give people quarters. I would break their break their dollar bills and five dollar bills for quarters so they could run to the machines and play the games. So it was really really cool. Those were all the best games. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Question number three: When you got your first big kid job, how did you splurge with your first paycheck? Well, the same thing that's still super important to me, food. So my wife's a physical therapist too. We met in school uh, at the University of Kentucky. We married between our junior and senior year. So we lived in a one bedroom apartment that was so small we couldn't even open the refrigerator door all the way. And it was great. We, yeah, I wouldn't trade that for anything, but we swore when we graduated that we would have a stellar meal. And we did. We went to the grocery, uh, got a small sign-on bonus check, and I remember we bought shrimp and steak and everything. And we didn't get to do that all the time, <laughs> but we did it the first go-around. That is awesome. Question number four, what is the most random or offbeat class or training experience or job that you've had or heard of? Hmm. Wow, that's that's a good one. Um, that I've had or heard of, huh? Um, probably the most offbeat job I've had is, and it was good work, is I, I installed swimming pools over the summer. So I was literally a ditch digger. So I would just with a pickaxe in the in-ground pools, cutting down the walls and, and going through some various uh, things at the different layers that weren't too fun. So that's probably personally what, uh, what I've done. Um, I guess that would be my answer, yeah. Oh yeah, that sounds like you had all kinds of experiences there. Yeah, yeah. And last question, question five. What educator made the most significant impact on your life and how are you paying it forward? Sure, I would have to say that um, I had a professor in college, uh, uh, Arthur Nitz. Um, he actually interviewed me to get into PT school and then ended up being a real mentor. Um, 
and uh, paying it forward. He was just very patient with me. He helped talk to me on a personal level and a professional level. Um, and I've tried to do the same thing. I'm of the age now where there's actually, you know, kids I treated, kids, adults I treated as kids in junior high and high school that worked for me as technicians and went on to school, then I've hired and now I've gone to their weddings or, you know, they're having children and tried to be that same kind of resource to them, uh, not only clinically or professionally uh, within the medical field, but just even just as a dad or or a grandfather, or like you're talking, as they aspire for things professionally on how to balance that out um, to where you're still, you know, the best spouse you could be and parent that you can be. Well, I will tell you, I've really enjoyed our time together today. <laughs> Thank you so much I for feel the same way. <laughs> I always enjoy talking to you. Thank you so much for the opportunity and keeping me in mind. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the show. Don't forget to check out the show notes where you can read a bio and perhaps see a picture of today's guest. This podcast is designed to connect. So if you're looking to interview our guest on your own or see if they offer job shadowing opportunities, you'll find that information in the show notes as well. Don't ever be shy about connecting friends. Remember, you are building your future. We're just here to help.